Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for joining us. This segment is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. We're continuing our COVID shows where we uh, used to do one show a week and now we're doing multiple shows a week because things are changing very quickly and people want to know, hey, where where are we? Uh, how are people dealing with this and, and where are we headed? And certainly the office market is something that is being impacted. A lot of us uh, have been working from home. So what's been going on there? What's the impact there? What should we expect moving forward? Please welcome my guest. It's Mike Russell, Director of U.S. Office Analytics with the CoStar Group, and he's joining us on the phone. Mike, thanks for being with us, sir. Oh, thanks for having me, Michael. Uh, it's great to be with you again. And wow, what a what a difference a uh, couple of months uh, can make. Um, uh, things seem to have completely changed uh, since we spoke last not too long ago. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really a crazy time, and especially now it's April thirteenth as we record this, and we like to to say the dates and put the dates in the title today because things are changing so quickly, and uh, and I guess you guys really kind of just finished up your, your first first quarter results uh, from the uh, office market, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, things are constantly updating, and um, all of our data does update real time uh, every day, which is a huge advantage in, in trying to assess where the market is and where it might be headed. Uh, you know, and the, and the great thing is we offer a number of different scenarios to customize uh, all of our uh, forecasting metrics and uh, office sector fundamentals. So, um, if you don't particularly care for the baseline uh, we do offer moderate downside and severe downside as well and quite frankly uh, I, I think already the baseline uh, may be a little bit out of date considering uh, in just three weeks you know jobless claims have totaled uh, nearly 17 million across the country so I think more and more likely uh, we should be focusing on the moderate or severe downside scenarios uh, if we want to take a look ahead but uh, we did finish up um, our look back at uh, Q1 and uh, how that was performing. And I would have to say, of uh, perhaps of any of the commercial real estate sectors, the office sector has probably been the most resilient. You know, as we talked, you mentioned a little bit in, in the opening, uh, the work from home protocols that have been set up have you know, largely been successful. Uh, whether uh, whether employees are, are getting a little bit tired of being home all the time is another matter. But largely, um, you know, businesses still continue to operate uh, and operate at a pretty strong capacity. So, uh, you know, we're not seeing the hardest hits uh, in the office sector that we've been seeing across retail, hospitality, manufacturing. Uh, so that is one bright spot. And the first quarter, um, certainly uh, muted compared to Q4, uh, 19, or some quarters before that. Uh, it didn't fall off a cliff, I would say. Uh, certainly, um, leasing activity uh, was down. Uh, it was about 90 million square feet or so in the first quarter, and that was the lowest total since 2010. And uh, if you look at leasing totals by month, uh, it did show a large drop-off as the quarter progressed, uh, particularly in March. Um, we had about 24 million square feet of leasing activity in March, 
which was a full 30% lower than the totals posted in both January and February. So uh, things did slow down uh, considerably as the pandemic ramped up. Uh, in fact, of the 100 leases of more than 50,000 square feet signed in the first quarter across the country, uh, fewer than 20 uh, were actually inked in the month of March, and most of those were, were front-loaded in the first half of the month. So um, definitely a slowdown in leasing activity. Uh, absorption, uh, again, decelerated from previous quarters, uh, although it did remain positive. Uh, the vacancy rate only ticked up uh, maybe about 10 basis points. Uh, but we do expect um, that trend uh, to change significantly, uh, depending on how bad uh, the economic forecast turn out to really be. So going forward, um, you know, we are looking at increases uh, in terms of both the vacancy rate uh, we're looking at uh, some significant negative absorption uh, as well until the economy regains its footing. You know, but with that said, uh, I would make an argument that the office sector is in a much better position heading into this economic downturn uh, than it was in 2008. Uh, both the vacancy rate and level of supply in the pipeline are far lower uh, than they were heading into the 08 recession. So uh, I wouldn't expect uh, to see any sort of, um, uh, you know, pullback uh, to the length, depth, and extent that we saw in 08. Uh, again, uh, that could all change depending on uh, the trajectory of the pandemic, but right now uh, we're not seeing as, uh, as harsh an effect on the office sector. We're talking with Mike Russell with the CoStar Group about the office market. And, and Mike, um, are you seeing any adjustment yet for asking rents and the co-start network of any landlords started dropping their asking rents at all? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's uh, it's been mostly market and submarket specific so far. Uh, on the whole, uh, asking rents uh, have actually been pretty sticky, and that's not really a huge surprise. Uh, I think in general, uh, I would say office rents, asking rents tend to be pretty pretty sticky coming down. Uh, they tend to rise a lot quicker than they come down. Uh, but I think what, what we are hearing uh, is that concession packages obviously have gotten uh, more generous. Uh, they're willing to work with certain tenants now in existing leases, whether uh, it's any sort of rent abatement or perhaps adding a few months of term onto the back end of the lease for free uh, to help try and ease some, some of the financial burden there. But we haven't seen a sharp downtick in asking rents just yet. Okay. And what about the investment sales market, Mike? Have you seen any adjustments there already? Yeah, you know, really activity uh, slowed down considerably uh, towards March once again, uh, tracking very similar to the leasing activity we mentioned. You know, I, I will say that deal volume in the first quarter stood at about $32 billion. And that was actually, again, about 30% higher than the Q1 2019 figure. So, you know, the first couple of months of the year, uh, be, again, before the pandemic really took hold uh, around March, uh, there was a lot of optimism. Uh, it was a very strong start to the year before transactions uh, slowed significantly in March. Um, the interesting thing to note there, though, is that new for sale listings did hold fairly steady in March, uh, topping 1,000 for the third consecutive month. So um, there were uh, a good number of sellers out there, um, whether there were enough uh, opportunistic investors 
and lenders who could take advantage of those opportunities certainly remains to be seen. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you know, we're brokers and in, uh, in March we closed a, a $9.1 million office deal in Florida and we took out a $46 million package in Nashville. And it's interesting that both those deals are going very well in the, in the package in Nashville's got uh, lots and lots of bidders uh, that are competing for it. So uh, it's a very interesting time. I think a lot of people think that the, that this is going to devastate the, the overall economy and, and impact the office market in a big way. And, and some feel like it may be more of a, uh, a temporary three, six, 12 month uh, situation here to be interesting to see, but obviously it's a huge impact. And, and one of the things that may impact is kind of just the, really the trends, right. Of how people uh, use office space. What, what would you expect Mike to see some possible as possible trends to look out for? Yeah, that's an excellent point you raise. And, uh, you know, I would think there, there are several uh, considerations that are at least worthy of, uh, of discussion. One is how much of an impact uh, is the work from home situation going to have on office space uh, and the need for office space? Um, you know, I, I would argue that uh, I don't think uh, working in an office is going away. Uh, I don't see a wholesale shift towards working from home. Uh, I think a lot of employees feel that you know the energy that you get from being in the office, the ability to just bounce ideas off of coworkers, collaborate, uh, that really can't be replaced um, by a working from home protocol. And you know, as good as uh, technology has gotten with video meetings and calls, uh, you know, it's just not the same as being able to to turn around and and ask a colleague a question or an idea or, or come up with some bit of information that you wouldn't have gotten. So, um, I, I don't see a complete shift away from the office. You know, it is possible that. Uh, maybe some more non-essential functions or back office functions uh, may be moved permanently to work from home arrangements. So, you know, instead of uh, a 20,000 square foot footprint, you know, tenants may look for a 17,000 square foot uh, space. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see a huge um, uh, landscape shift in, in that term. Um, you know, I think uh, another uh, workplace strategy or workplace design uh, may change a bit instead of the uh, dense, really open floor plans that uh, we've seen a shift to over the last several years, I think that may go away a little bit. You may see more private offices. Um, you may see more uh, older style cubes that haven't been around for a while, those uh, mm -hmm. really high partitions. Uh, those may make a comeback just to uh, encourage separation, uh, perhaps limiting the number of people allowed in a conference room at any one time more sanitation stations uh, around commonly used areas, such as the kitchens or restrooms. Um, you know, I think those are um, definitely some, some trends that, that we may see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the fate of the co-working sector as well. Um, you know, certainly that whole concept runs counter to social distancing. Um, you know, I know uh, WeWork made an announcement that, you know, they're gonna be changing the layout of their offices to encourage that, but, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the office sector has maybe been the most resilient. I should have uh, had a caveat there with the exception of the co-working sector. You know, certainly uh, it was reported, uh, I think, by Bloomberg that WeWork has asked for up to a 30% discount on all of their lease agreements with landlords. Um, meanwhile, they were offering their tenants a discount only if they signed a long-term lease uh, with them as users. And uh, 
I don't know how many smaller tenants uh, would have the financial ability to do that, uh, or uh, they may even feel a little bit uneasy in these times of social distancing. So, you know, it's not just WeWork. Um, you know, smaller companies as well uh, have been feeling the pain. Notel uh, laid off about half of its staff. Convene laid off a good number of folks. And, you know, the vast majority of these co-working firms really were, were untested during recessions, and uh, I think that was one of the, one of the big knocks uh, that people would uh, would point to during their rapid expansion and growth. That the vast majority of these local providers, in addition to WeWork, sprung up, you know, post the 2008 Great Recession, um, and, and really nobody was sure if they were capitalized well enough to be able to sustain sustain this. Uh, and really, whether those two to three person startups or, or folks working in the gig economy uh, would just return to working from home. And, uh, and I think we're, we're seeing the effects of that pretty acutely in the co-working sector. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And, you know, I, uh, I lead a team that focuses on selling office buildings. And I've asked a lot of our clients about that. And they've all kind of expected for a while, or they've all kind of downplayed the value of that of those tenants in their buildings and say to look if, if we just keep a smaller percentage of those tenants in our buildings then we feel comfortable that if they do fold up we'll be able to reuse that space kind of quickly and in easily in other ways so interesting to see how that shakes out and and then you're I want to ask you a little bit more about the the trends you, you expect to see uh, on the use of office space you know, it seems like a lot of tenants have really realized in recent years that the cost of talent, um, uh, attracting that talent and keeping that talent is a lot higher than, than their office uh, cost. And as, as we're trying to get people back to work, get them back in the offices, get them comfortable, seems like they're going to want a little bit more social distancing even in their office. Uh, I've always been skittish of these open floor plans with people packed in and how that impacts health, but, but might uh, some of these tenants uh, maybe have more people work at home, but also maybe need the same amount of space if, if they need uh, larger square footage per employee. I mean, might we see different companies with different ideas about that? Yeah, that's certainly one possibility. Uh, whether you do go back from the uh, from the trend of uh, the ever shrinking square footage per employee uh, to larger floor plans with less employees, um, that's certainly one possibility. Uh, another possibility is, uh, is shared time in the office. So you know, you book a, a hot desk uh, for a couple of days a week, and uh, you know, the other half of the team books it for the other half of the week, uh, and that way. Uh, everybody's not in the office at the same time. So you may be able to get by with your same square footage in terms of footprint. Uh, but technically you, you would have a little more square footage per employee because not everybody's going to be in the office at the same time. Uh, and maybe you go, uh, you know, as far as concepts like, um, you know, you bring your own keyboard and mouse with you when you mm -hmm. book the desk for that day. So you're not sharing uh, the same surfaces as, as other people. Well, that's an interesting um, concept because when I think of the of the hot desk, you know, people don't um, people are going to remember this for a while, and I think a lot of people are um, real skittish about being around other people uh, mm -hmm. and where they've been. And uh, I think if you told me to go in someone's office that that was was there for eight hours before me, 
and uh, mm -hmm. make myself at home. <laughs> I don't know. But I think I'd like, uh, like at, at my office, we have private offices for all of our brokers and we spent a lot of money for that. But uh, now that I look back and see this situation, if, if you're a broker and you got to go sit in these open areas around all these people, not only they hear about your deals, but now you're going to be infected by whatever's going on with them health wise. I think I'd want to mm -hmm. want a nice private office. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of these companies are, are realizing that uh, uh, the cost of their office space uh, is minuscule compared to turnover and, and attracting and keeping talent. So it's going to be interesting. Well, Mike, what would you leave our audience with uh, related to COVID-19 and kind of the future of the office sector? Yeah, you know, I, I wish I had all of the answers. Uh, unfortunately, this is just such an unprecedented time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say at least right now, um, the office sector is, uh, is performing perhaps the best of the commercial real estate sectors. Uh, and certainly while we do see uh, some impacts uh, ahead in our forecasts, um, you know, we really don't see uh, anything that would uh, approach the levels of the 2008 downturn, at least in a sustained way. Uh, in our most severe downside scenario, uh, we do see sharp losses in absorption, and we do see a sharp uptick in the vacancy rate, uh, but we have the rebound uh, coming much quicker uh, than it did following the Great Recession. So things start returning to normal uh, in a lot more uh, <clears throat> expedient manner uh, than they did coming out of the last downturn. So I think um, there may be some changes in, in how we operate in terms of office space, in terms of layout, in terms of floor plans, square footage, uh, sanitation protocols. Uh, but I, I don't think um, that office space is going away, and I, I don't see a wholesale uh, shift in attitude uh, towards working from home. So I, I think... Uh, any rumors of the death of the office market are, are probably greatly exaggerated. <laughs> well, that's good to hear, Mike, uh, and good to talk to you as usual. Thanks for being on the show today. Same here. I appreciate you having me, Michael. Stay safe. All right. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for joining us uh, around the country, around the world. We appreciate uh, you listening. We appreciate hearing from you. We appreciate you sharing the show. And we'll put out another show probably um, tomorrow. I don't know. We're putting out a show almost every day. It seems like things are changing so fast. You'll see we're putting the dates of our shows uh, in the title. I'd like to keep you informed on uh, what's going on and how companies and peoples are dealing with it and what we should expect next. So until next show, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. 
and at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.